This is Beyond the Bell Tower, where an elite group of North Carolina State University students give us a behind-the-scenes look at their steps to success and show us how they attain even their lofty goals. These students, who are in the top 10% of the country, are active in student support services at NC State, a nationally recognized program designed to provide support for low-income, first-generation college students. Nationally, this population has an 11% graduation rate within six years. The student support services students surpass that rate each year and go on to become doctors, dentists, accountants, and engineers. They work at Google, Apple, and the NCAA. They have earned PhDs in Ivy League colleges. These students go well beyond the bell tower to reach this level of success. We're back with another podcast. I'm your host, Isaiah Ackridge, and today we are with Dorcas Johnson. Definitely. I didn't want to murder your name, so <laughs> I love the respective people's names and how and where they come from and the originality, so I wanted to make sure that I get it right. We're here to just have a candid conversation like we always do over the past free previous podcasts, so I'm just going to let Dorcas introduce herself and we are going to get started. Yeah, thank you for allowing me to be here and to share this space with you. Um, so my name, or I am Dorcas Johnson. I am now a doctoral student at UNCG. I originally started at NC State, go pack. I did my undergrad there in nutrition science. And then I completed that t- December 2019. And then I moved on to my master's in public health at Tufts University School of Medicine in Boston. So I've been there for the whole through the whole pandemic i've been there um that's where i met my husband so i just recently got married as well so a lot of big life changes have happened um so i got my master's and then pretty much immediately after i started my doctoral program here at uncg getting a phd in community health education in the public health education department and i specifically want to work with immigrant health and i want to evaluate programs to make them more efficient for immigrants who are coming here to the united states without many resources. Um, and I'm passionate about that because I myself am an, am an, an immigrant um, who benefited for, from so many resources, but we, we struggle to find those resources. And so that I feel like that's my way of giving back to my community and, and helping them um, reach programs that are effective and helping them get the, pro, the resources that they need. Um, and so, yeah, that's just a little bit about myself. I don't know if you have any more specific questions, but yeah. So first question I have to ask, did you start school or were you in school during the COVID year? Oh, yes. So I guess I was already in school at that time. So I was getting my master's. I was in Boston. I moved there and the semester started in January. So I started like basically their spring semester and COVID hit like around March. So I was already in school we were going in person. Um, and then of course, when COVID hit, everything switched to online. And so my whole degree, my whole master's degree minus the first like two months was online. Wow. So do you think that it helped, it benefited you to be online or do you think that you would have gained more from an in-person experience? I think for me, I was actually fine with online. I know it's kind of weird. Some I know I've heard a lot of people say that they definitely preferred in person. But for me, I'm a type of learner where like I'm going to get the same type of, inf- type of information, no matter if it's online or in person. I'm actually more efficient. I feel like online because I can 
do things on my own time. And I'm more of an independent person, independent learner anyways. Um, and I was also in my master's. So it wasn't like I was really on campus like that. I was really just there for class and I was there. I didn't really join any organizations or anything where I know like usually like your undergrad, that's usually when I feel like it might be better to be in person so you can get the full experience. Well, I definitely can agree. And while I may add, you know, online school is, it does allow you a little bit more flexibility as well. I will also say um, I respect the fact that people were able to transition from online school to back to in-person classes, just because I know for me specifically, like the transition was hard and it was tough. So, you know, in when you get to that level of, you know, education, you know, your PhD level, I can't even imagine like, because I know for PhD, y'all writing like 50 page, 100 page paper, I can, I can barely struggle past one page. Okay. <laughs> so I definitely want to validate your experience because I feel like you really are, you know, pushing yourself to the limit with your education right now. Thank you. So... Let's dive into like what really piqued my interest thus far is Boston. So like talk about your experience in Boston. I have two friends in Boston right now. They're in their um, master's programs right now. So could you talk a a little bit about that? Yeah, it's funny. I actually might know who they are. Maybe I don't. I don't know. But yeah, no, Boston was it was beautiful. Um, I'm very sad that COVID happened because I didn't really get to explore the city as I would have had COVID not been a thing. Um, very beautiful people there are definitely, you know, I'm used to Southern hospitality. I'm from North Carolina. I'm from Raleigh. And so it's just not really the same <laughs> in that aspect. But it's a beautiful city. It's definitely more white. Um, but I kind of knew that going in. So that wasn't really a surprise to me. I did start online dating like almost immediately when I got there. So I was like really not expecting much. I was like, I know what I'm looking for in terms of preferences. But I don't think I'm going to find it. But, you know, I'm I'm open. I'm open. And that's how I found my husband. And no, he was not what I was expecting. But, you know, it is what it is. Um, but no, Boston was a beautiful experience. I, I don't think I'm a city girl. I love the city girls. I'm just not a city girl, if you know Ooh. what I mean. I just, yeah, but yeah, okay. very, beautiful. very beautiful city. So, okay. Now that you mentioned this, graduate school is also not like college. So within respect to that, like moving into a new city, how, did you find yourself reshaping yourself with your ideals or morals? And also with that, it's a two piece question, like as far as, you know, dating and stuff like that, because you're going to want to form relationships, even if it's friendships or dating. Could you kind of speak to that? So like first question, did you reform yourself and, you know, re regroup your morals and values when you move to a different location? And also like, what was dating like? Yeah. So for the first part of your question, I feel like, I try, at least I tried to be authentically me everywhere I go. So like, you're not really going to get a different Dorcas, like just because I'm in a different city or whatever. I'm still the same old person um, who's like this fun, vibrant, giggly, charismatic person. Um, and so I feel like I was the same way there. It was just different because I literally didn't know anybody. I didn't have any family there, no family friends, no um, like even acquaintances. I literally knew no one there. So it was just different and it was COVID. So like I wasn't able to really 
you know, put myself out there as much as I would have liked. So, um, but in terms of like my, my morals and things like that, I don't think they changed that much. I think I became a little bit more open-minded, but I, I, it's a gradual process. I feel like not everyone just grew up having it. I'm a pastor's daughter, if that helps give context. So it's like, yeah, I grew up with certain things and like, I don't agree with every single thing. Um, but I've definitely like expanded my mindset about a lot of things and been exposed to a lot more things, just like living with different people and things like that. So I really enjoyed my time in Boston and, you know, they're very much a liberal state. Massachusetts is very liberal. And so, yeah, I had a grand time over there. Um, and then your second question was about dating or, um, and then in terms of dating, what was specifically was the question? Like, you know, moving to a new city, what, like, what is the process like, or what did you do for yourself? And what, you know, you can even tell a funny story or a bad experience if you want to of like your process. Oh yes. Okay. So when I first got to Boston, I knew like, it wasn't even like, I'm trying to find a husband. It was just like, you know, like, I'm just trying to see like, what's out there. I want to go on a date. Like I wasn't even trying to like mess around and whatever. I was just like, I just want to go on a date, see what's out here, explore the city, you know? And so I made, uh, mm, the main one I used was hinge. Like I didn't, I didn't make a tender or anything like that hinge was the one I used. Cause I know that was the one they said, like the app created to be deleted or something like that, which means like, you know, you'll find your person or find something a little bit more serious, which is where I was. Mm. I was like, okay, let's see like what's out there. So, you know, I made the app or whatever, and I started to notice, like, mm, where, where, all, where is all the um, cultured folk? Um, <laughs> you know what I mean? I was like, okay, I'm not really <laughs> seeing them. And so I was like, let me just, you know, the, the Lord will provide. It's okay. So let me just work with what I got. And so, you know, I was matching with people here and there, but I, I was sort of like, you know, as you know, like Boston is very, like a, a predominantly white area. Massachusetts in general, honestly. And yeah, no, I definitely, I went on like two dates and I was like, Mm-mm, I'm about to just stop this. Like, and this was like, right. Be- I didn't know about COVID like that, but like things were starting to shut down already. So yeah. I was like, it's not even that serious. And then I went on the, la- I gave it like one last chance. I was like this third date, let me just go on this date. This guy and I like seemed to really like hit it off. Like he really was like actually trying to get to know me. We went on a date and we ended up married. Here we are. <laughs> Here we are like a year That's and something a later. Classic love story. <laughs> yes. And I definitely different than who I thought I would end up with, but I am absolutely blessed and could not imagine my life any other way. I feel like the percentages of getting married from like a dating app are low possibly yeah for sure for sure it's not really a thing like if anything like the most people will do is like dates like actually you know date and then it's like oh things didn't work out and then they break up or whatever it is but like to get married that's not one something that i hear often although it it's been done before i'm not like the first but Definitely within my friend group. <laughs> so I'm going to be honest with you. Um, I'm just a junior in college, but I can tell you that the dating scene and just the logistics of getting into a relationship is completely different from when I was like in middle school, elementary school. Because let me let me put well, let me put the listeners on game. So what I did back in my day, like I'm 30 years old, back in my day, you know, we would be in class and we would, we would just write a little note. You feel me? Mm-hmm. Hold a note up and pray nobody reads. You pass it to whoever you're trying to talk to, and then they read it, and then y'all start talking. So, okay, so you said your first two didn't go well. 
and this is just more of the like the fun side of our conversation. We're gonna get more into the serious things. But the first two didn't go so well. So like what like what was it like just to go through that? Mm, I'm not even sure I could say most of this on here, so I don't even get into it very much. But yeah. Um I just felt like well, one of them I felt like it was some sort of a fetish kind of thing. And I was like, Mm-mm, or maybe you, I, I, I don't know. I set my um, age kind of higher, like the limit. And so like at the time I was 23 and I, I put like 23, or I was like, mm, maybe I was 23. And I put it like 23 to like 30, which was like, I've never dated a 30 year old, but I was like, that's like the cutoff. Cause you know, they're probably more established and you know, yeah. So, okay. <laughs> so I was like, let me set it kind of high. And I went on a date with like, he was like 30 years old, but like the date was kind of childish. I don't know how to explain it. It was kind of childish. And I was like, mm, okay. And then the other one, um, I don't know how or why, but I feel like he just fell in so fast, so deep. I don't, we only went on like two dates. I was like, I don't know. This, this is a little too intense for me. Um, and all right. Well, I appreciate you for sharing your experiences. I just wanted to give the listeners just some substance to what it's like to, you know, fully immerse yourself into a different city and a different culture and then just many different perspectives. I kind of want to transition from that to like talking about, you know, you talked about how Boston is a liberal city and um, did it, I wanted to ask, did it open up your perspective and like allow you to become more of a free thinker considering that you grew up in a predominantly religious household, you know, your father was a pastor and whatnot. Did, did, when you moved, what was that process like? Just because personally, this is helping me a lot as well. I'm sure it will help the listeners think about when you move, you know, you kind of, if you grow up in a very conservative household or you grow up in a, a very base level thinking, or even just, you know, we, we traditional, um, better said, when you move to a different part of the world city or a more liberal city, I feel like you do change your way of thinking and you do gain some new things. So could you share a little bit about that as well? Yeah, no, I feel like living in Boston definitely like opened my eyes to like a lot of things like you know you see like the pride flag all over the place and like you see like black just to see like black lives matter movement attached to like a lot of like the churches i was walking past and driving past i was like wow like because like some churches at least down south here especially if they're predominantly white would like never say black lives matter or you know a lot of them are against that kind of movement and so to just see that churches were so open about that and so open to have um gay people in their community and like just it was just like just seeing everybody come together and it didn't matter how you look who you like what your preferences were it was just like wow like it's so beautiful it's such a beautiful thing to see um and to know that that's not really a thing here not that i'm saying like every church down south here is like that but like to know that like it's not really the same type of vibe down here it was like wow like i feel like i grew up very like sheltered and it was like you know, like, I mean, of course, like I have like friends in like all different types of communities, but it's not like I'm the first, this is the first time I'm exposed to different types of people with different types of thinking, but to just be in a liberal state where like a lot of more people have like liberal um, thoughts and like, you know, their thoughts about um, global warming and like thoughts about like gay rights and like black lives and like all those things, like it just really made me feel like, wow, like, although this is a very white city, don't get me wrong. It's like, the people here 
just from the first time looking at me kind of have a different perspective than maybe people like down South here, like here, like I've made a name for myself, at least academic wise and stuff like that. So the people respect me in that sense, but like people were already respecting me up North without even really knowing nothing about me. Cause it was just like, we support black lives. We support you. Like, you know, and they want in the school that I was at, um, tough school of men, like when the whole George Floyd thing happened and Breonna Taylor and all of that, like, they weren't just saying, oh, Black Lives Matter, and that was it. Like, they were really, like, doing the work in terms of having meetings, having discussions, and changing their policies about certain things and trying to, like, deconstruct the racism within their system. And so I really appreciated that because it's, like, it's one thing for schools to say, like, oh, yeah, like, you know, we with you or whatever, but, like, are you actually doing the work, you know? Mm-hmm. So that was just a beautiful thing to see. It really made me, like, restore my faith in humanity for real. So we're going to transition to a more academic talk now. And I would love for you to talk about what was this what was this collegiate process to master's to Ph.D.? Like, what do you think this whole process means to you and how did you feel going through it? And just talk about your experience with everything. Yeah, um, I would say that. So my background, I'm, I'm African. I'm from the Democratic Republic of Congo. Um, And so for my family and I, and maybe I can speak for a lot of immigrants, you know, education is like everything. Um, A lot of us come to this country for a better opportunity, whether it's educationally, financially, whatever it is, like um, a lot of us come here with that mindset. Um, And typically, at least in the African culture, it's, you know, if you're not a doctor, a lawyer or an engineer, it's like, what are you doing in life? Um, And so education is very important. And so for me, this process has been um, it's it's been rigorous for sure, um, but it's been rewarding um, from a family standpoint as well, because um, culturally speaking, it's, you know, I'm bringing pride to my family and I'm bringing um, joy to my parents' hearts and things like that. And I know sometimes like when I speak about it to my American friends are like, this degree is for you. You do this all by yourself. And it's like, no, I didn't. First of all, it's, it's with the Lord's help. I cannot have done this by myself. It's by God's grace. But also like my family has been very supportive and this degree, it's almost like it's, it's a family thing. It's not just my name on it. Um, it's not just for me, but yeah, the process, um, it's definitely been challenging, but I will say that Thank God for programs like Trio SSS and McNair. Um, I was very well equipped. I feel like once I went through both those programs um, into further furthering my education, because I remember I'm first gen, you know, nobody in my family, uh, my parents went to school, but like back home. So when they came here, their degrees didn't really count for anything. Um, and so I'm the first one in my family to go to college in the U.S. And so I was like the guinea pig. They didn't really know what to do. So they didn't help me, not their fault, but they, they didn't know how. So they didn't help me with my college applications. They didn't help me like make sure I had everything set to go to campus. They didn't even know what I needed for it. Like it's not their fault, but they didn't, they didn't have those resources. And so I came here kind of doing everything myself and just asking friends here and there who maybe already had um, siblings that went to college already. Um, and so I came here kind of, not, kind of not knowing anything. I got connected with Trio my freshman year. Thank God I did. And through that, I've learned so many things like professional development and um, just like life after college and things like that. And then with that, I also uh, got into McNair. I was like the first cohort at NC State of McNair. And that was just an, a wonderful experience. Um, I was able to go to um, colleges to get a tour 
and to just learn more about them. And I was able to like, I don't know, have access to like, you know, waivers and things like that for applications, things like that. Like it was just very helpful. And like, here I am today, but I, I would not be where I am um, without the help of TRIO SSS and McNair program. Wow. Shout out to TRIO and McNair for real. Could you kind of give us insight onto what your hardest like battle has been in your PhD program? Or like, have you pulled any all-nighters yet? Or like, what's going on in that area of life? Yeah. So my doctoral program, I really only started this semester. This is my first semester. So I don't know how much I can actually give you in, in terms of input, but I think one of the hardest things thus far, well, first I will say like UNCG has like the program there, the department that I'm in, like my committee chair, as well as my committee members, like they are awesome. It's so nice. Like I, I went from NC State PWI to Tufts PWI to now UNCG, which is a um, minority serving institution. And so like to know that like people on my chair and my committee are looking like me, like these are black women that are like basically guiding me in the process. It's like, wow, like, I feel like I'm really like looked after and that they have my best interests at heart. And so shout out to UNCG, shout out to my, um, my mentors and just everybody there because they really like, they are really making me feel at home and making me feel like, you know, they are with me throughout the process. Um, but my biggest challenge thus far, I think has been, I mean, this is just like in one of my classes, there was like this paper it is a, is a philosophy of science paper and which is, you know, PhD stands for um, doctor of philosophy or something like that. And so I was like, uh, uh-uh. like I didn't know what was going on. I mean, thankfully, like I got through the paper and like, you know, it was like a very long paper, which I'm not, I don't really mind writing papers and stuff. I've done like a lot of research and stuff. So I'm used to that, but it's like, I don't like writing when I don't know what I'm writing about. And that was one of those classes where I was like, I literally don't know what you're asking about. It was just not clear. We went through all these classes and like we would have discussions in class and stuff like that. But I'm, I was still like mad confused. Um, the whole class was, so it wasn't just me. But I mean, I think that's been like the most challenging thing. Just like, I don't know, being in a class where like you don't understand, but like it's one of those classes where there's not really an answer. Like it's just kind of like you just keep talking and like, you're trying to figure out like what is the right answer like you know like in a math class or whatever there is an answer but in a lot of philosophy classes it's just you thinking it, like extravagantly and there's really no answer and i don't like that <laughs> um uh, but that's that's what it's been and so i'm just like Mm-mm, i don't like that um but yeah i think that's been the most challenging thing thus far then again i've only just started so i'm sure there's much more to come definitely and i also want to just send good energy and like just success to your program as well just because i know like you know you're very young still you know a lot of people don't get their phd until like 30 40 maybe even 50 you know what i'm saying so the fact that you're tackling tackling this at your young age is very admirable and so we need more people more women more black people like you to you know allow us to see that it is possible for us to do something like this that will help us and bring all the things that we need to propel our community. So I just wanted to say that. I really appreciate that. Of course. So is there anything that you want to add about your experience or any advice? Um, Oh, one question I have. So what would you tell yourself your freshman year of college from what you know now? Ooh, I love this question. 
I think one of the things I would tell myself is definitely it's okay that this is not what you want to do and you have time to figure that out. Um, I think being raised in the family that I was raised in, I was like expected to be a doctor and not, not a PhD, like what I'm doing, but an MD doctor. And my parents kind of, it's not their fault. You know, they they expected the best for me and the highest for me. And I was the most, I guess, promising child in their eyes. And so they were like, Oh, she's going to be the doctor in the family. And so they kind of like really pushed me in that direction. And, you know, I knew I didn't want to be a doctor probably since I was like in high school, um, but they kind of pushed me in that direction. And so like, I just kept telling myself, okay, you're going to be a doctor. You're going to be a doctor. Ooh, it wasn't until some of them Oreo classes and physical classes that I just knew for. Uh, the Lord was <laughs> telling me this was not it for me. Um, but like, I just didn't have the courage to tell my parents like, Hey, this is not what I want to do. And not just that, but I, not only do I not have a passion for it, the, the grades ain't matching, you know? So like, this is really not for me. And it, it really wasn't until I switched my, major like after sophomore year so junior year basically I started with like a it was similar to biology so I switched to nutrition science instead of biology um but that was just more interesting to me at the time and I was just like you know and my parents are thinking like what is she gonna do with this degree and I'm like you know what like it's all it's all gonna work out it's gonna be okay I have time like you know it's funny you mentioned like my age it's like Yes, I'm very young in this program, for sure. I'm the, I'm the youngest one, which um, wow. surprised me. And it's, it's a little intimidating, too, because I'm like, like I, I'm, I'm with people, with my students, my, co- my colleagues that are like, you know, in their late 20s or early 30s, some even reaching 40. And then there's me, like, I'm 24. And so definitely the youngest. But like, I took the time, especially my master's, to figure out, like, this is really what I want to do. This is what I'm interested in. I don't right. care how much money it's going to pay me in that. Like, yes, obviously, we all want to get paid. But at the same time, I'm not. If if money is what's driving me, like, what am I doing this for? I can make money without having to get a doctorate. Like, why am I putting myself through this, you know? And so I, I see the bigger picture. Um, and I have a passion for helping people. And for me, I, I realize that it's not necessarily in in the hospital. I don't have to be a medical doctor to help someone. I can still do the research, talk to community members and engage in that way and still help people. So, you know, it's okay. Everything's going to be okay. That's what I would have told myself. And to be real with you, you know, people are still going to call you Dr. Johnson. So I know that's right. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I really appreciate your time today. I really appreciate this conversation. You know, we covered a lot of things from social aspects to educational aspects, even personal things. So you know, I hope the listeners today have gained something from this conversation. And if you are looking for a sign to continue your education, hopefully this is it. Or if you're looking at a sign to give yourself the space to explore your opportunities or explore yourself, I hope that this was it. Thank you so much for your time, Dr. Johnson. Okay, and thank I you. Hope that, can, hope that we can continue to speak soon. Thank you so much. Welcome. All right. Student Support Services Program and Student Support Services STEM are federally funded college retention and completion programs. These programs focus on academic, personal, and career support for under-resourced undergraduate students. At TRIO SSS and SSS STEM, our goal is helping our students reach their goals. We are currently accepting new students to our program. Apply today. Go to www.ncsu.edu to learn more about Student Support Services at NC State.